Hey, I'm Amanda from Trifecta Fitness. We're proud to be Clarksville's new Get Fit headquarters. Trifecta Fitness is a state-of-the-art spin and strength training studio. Our spin studio is truly one of a kind in this area, complete with 20 state-of-the-art live fitness bikes and an incredible sound system. Our strength training is done in small groups of six or fewer, and all of our strength and spin classes are scalable for every level of experience. Come see us in the heart of Clarksville, just behind Mapco at the corner of Old Trenton Road and Wilma Rudolph Boulevard. Call us for more info at 931-542-6265 or download our Trifecta Fitness app for a full list of upcoming classes. We are a show founded by veterans and hosted by veterans and a military spouse. Our mission is to get people to tell their story to the world. If you're an author, share your tips with the Miss Foundation. If you're a musician or actor, our audience needs to know how they too can get into the business. Coaches, we love our coaches. Come on, share some of your tips with the audience to help them become better versions of themselves. If you're a corporate leader or an entrepreneur, come on and share how you did it and how hard you have fought for success. If you're a veteran, first responder, or Gold Star family, we would love to have you come on and just share your story with the Misfit Nation. We always have time for you. Reach out we will get you on. If you are feeling down, alone, or starting to see the darkness, stop. Think about those who are around you. You are not alone. You will be missed. If you feel like your problems will be a burden to those in your inner circle or are embarrassed to share that with them, please dial 988. If you are a veteran, take option one. We need you to keep pushing forward. Don't make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. If you're a new listener, welcome to the Misfit Nation. Be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast apps, and also on our YouTube channel, at the underscore Misfit Nation. That's the underscore Misfit Nation. Subscribe and click the bell. This will keep you up to date with all of our latest episodes and all of our news. You can also find us on Electrocast Media and About Face Radio. This will keep you up to get to us and learn more about our great guests. Speaking of which, our next guest is a United States Navy veteran who had the honor of serving in uh, underwater demolition team 11 and Navy SEAL team one during Vietnam. So without further ado, let's welcome Joseph Lapari to the Misfit Nation. Welcome, Joe. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it's great to have you here. I had your better half on here a couple months ago, and yeah. she she immediately said you would be on here. And I said, you might want to ask him first and in your your schedule came out like two seconds later. So I guess she asked you and told you at yeah. the same time. So it's awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm open. <laughs> You're awesome. <laughs> so, I mean, I just gave a little blurb about you, Joe, right there. I, just a, basically a fraction of your life there. It was a four years, a three or four years of your life when you served in Vietnam. If you'd like to share anything more about your time before that and, and where you are now, and then we'll go back to Vietnam after your, your introduction. Um. I got into the Navy, and uh, while I was in boot camp, the guys started talking about underwater demolition teams, and um, and they said, you know, I don't want to just be a regular sailor. I, you know, I want to be a, I want to do something. So they got me interested in it, and and I I tried out for it, and uh, it, it was really hard. 
<laughs> the hardest part was the cold water. I mean, I'll be honest with you. The physical fitness stuff, you can do. But when you get when when it happens to be cold water, we're talking, you know, water that's like 62 degrees. Um, there's no defense on that one. Right. My, my fingertips now are bigger than than normal. Wow. From the cold water. Okay, just to give All you right. an idea. <laughs> I'm gonna show you that. <laughs> Good lord. Yeah. So uh, I have to I have to play a classical guitar because the other ones have too they're too narrow I can't, I can't get my fingers on the strings oh wow yeah that kind of a th an idea so anyway I joined the Navy I thought I'd have an adventure and I did <laughs> <laughs> definitely but I could I I didn't do alcohol tobacco or firearms really well <laughs> <laughs> I was one of the few that's why I'm still alive I didn't smoke I didn't drink and I and I you know I, I was careful with guns. <laughs> you didn't keep a plethora of them around you. <laughs> yeah. I, I carry like machetes and stuff like that. That's about it. Nice. I, I don't know if I want to shoot somebody, but I, I do want to, you know, if I got to protect myself, I'll do what I got to do. Exactly. That's how <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I got in there. Um, it I, I didn't know what it was going to be because you you never know what it was. Just to give you a rough estimate, Hell Week is week five in the training, okay? And I lived in San Diego at the time. With my parents lived there. And I was stationed in Coronado, which is just a little island off the, off the coast um, of San Diego there. Anyway, I went through five weeks or five days of literally no sleep, constantly cold, full activity all day long, carrying the boats on your head. In fact, that's how I lost my hair because it, <laughs> it, affected, it affected my scalp that much. My, wow. feet, my feet were so messed up after, you know, I had wrinkles in my feet to give you an idea. Walking, running on, on uh, soft sand and wet combat boots and all that stuff. It just tears you up. But, you know, you have to learn to say, uh, I'm just going to keep going no matter what happens. So, you know, now I'm uh, 77 years old, and I'm still healing from it. I became <laughs> I became a chiropractor, and it, it helped me to heal myself. Um, I had to take it way beyond what I was taught so that I could, uh, I'm going to say, resurrect from all the damage I did to myself. But just to give you a rough estimate, after the five weeks, I got on a bus to come to go home and I, I begged the best bus driver not to let me fall asleep. And if I do, let me get off at this stop because I hadn't slept in five days. So I didn't have the key to my mom's house. So I knock on the front door. My mom comes to the door and she says, yeah, what do you want? She didn't even recognize me. I'm not kidding you. My mother did not recognize me. I had to pull out my identification. I had to pull out my ID, my ID to my mother. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. So, I went in the house and I, I went downstairs where I had stayed and I slept for three days. And the only time I got up was just to pee. That, you know, to go to the bathroom, that's it. Um, and, you know, it was a long rest. <laughs> And then after that, you know, the training is relatively easy after that because that weeds out anybody that's got a weak mind or what do you want to call it? They're, they're really not serious about achieving that thing. 
Right. I look back at it now and I say, if I would have gotten two PhDs, I would have had the same level of PTSD and I could make a living from it. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, we did that. Um, Then uh, what happened was they, the SEAL teams were just getting started about that time. This was around uh, 1963, um, maybe getting close to 64. And uh, wait a minute, no, it was 64, 65. It would have been 65. I'm sorry, I messed up on that one. But um, they were looking for volunteers to join the SEAL teams. And I, we didn't even know what it was. It was sort of like, you know, let's another adventure, okay? Right. <laughs> so we went through some more training. And uh, as I said earlier, I didn't smoke, I didn't drink. And, I, you know, um, and if you knew anything about the guy's reputations, when, whenever they went on liberty, it, it, whatever they did, it was so noteworthy. I mean, they would do things that were just stunning. If they had a TV show about it, it would be something that you would watch because you, you'd never seen anything like it. Right. Um, I, could, I could tell you a couple of things. There, were, there, was, a river, uh, there was a river in uh, Longapo, which is in the Philippines, and the Subic Bay when it, when that was operating, and there was a, a river there that came through that was they had a, a bridge you had to walk across, and the river was so polluted that you had to hold your breath to walk across it. It was that bad. Oh wow! I'm not kidding. It was that bad, and somebody and it was moving at about 20 miles an hour all the time, and somebody had drowned in there and somehow they called on us and I and I ended up being one of the two guys that had to go down into that water and pretend I was looking for a dead body okay oh wow. uh when I I could put my hand that close to my mask and I could almost see it <laughs> it's that bad interesting <laughs> and, and it was so polluted I'm telling you the stench in there was unbelievable when we came out, they had to clean our ears and hose us down. And I mean, it was horrible. So that was what happened when it's in the UDT part of it. And then we went on a lot of missions that were all top secret. They were so secret, they didn't even tell us where we were going to go. They said, look, uh, you're going to be going on this mission. We can't tell you where it is, but we recommend that if you think you're going to be captured, it would be best if you fight to the death because we're going to deny everything. Oh, wow. For real. I'm not lying. (laughs) I'm not lying. That happened a lot. Um, And uh, one time we were on a submarine. Now, this is kind of a cool story because you think on a submarine, you know, they got that escape hatch and you can go to the surface and all that stuff. Right. I got to do that. Oh, all right. (laughs) (laughs) I got to do that. So we were uh, like, the waters wherever we were it was either laos or cambodia or someplace but it wasn't vietnam anyway um and we were doing a thing where we would go on the beach and do soundings which means you would have a uh, a string with knots on it and you would have a a little tablet with a a grease pencil and you'd write down all the markings um so that they could uh, if they're going to do an assault on someplace that uh they'd have something that would make it safer for the guys and uh, that was a night that was really rough because um, 
that was another mission where they, oh, oh, and on top of that, while we were in the submarine, they, they didn't put us in a nice submarine. This was like a World War II submarine. And what they had was like a big tank on top of it, like they do when they uh, test you to see if you can handle the, the, the atmosphere. All right, yeah. Okay, so they're putting us in there, and it was it was like being in a sauna. Well, it was almost like being in an oven. Okay, it was like being in an oven. They didn't have any mattresses on on any of the bunks. Um, every everybody had boils and everything on them because it was so unhealthy in there. Oh wow! And the night we got to go out, it was like. That salt water hit you, and it was like it was like medicine. You know, it stings, but it felt good at the same time. <laughs> One of those things. And uh, and then I went to. Uh, we went out there, and we were supposed to do something. And I, and I got I was I got I got untied from the line I was on, and here I am in a, some jungle place, and I'm thinking all I've got is a you know, swim fins a pair of really short swimsuit and a t-shirt. And I got my K bar, (laughs) my trusty K bar and that's it. And, uh, you know, I mean, it was, it was something else. And the jellyfish were out there and these little ones that you think the big ones will get you, but the little ones, they sting like hell. (laughs) They usually stay close to you. (laughs) Oh man. And, and, uh, then you hear about all the snakes that if they bite you once, you got about what thirty seconds or something like that. <laughs> so um, we were doing that anyway. I got lost on the line, and it, they what happened? I didn't find out until later, but I'll tell you what happened is there, there were some people on the beach, and they didn't want to give away their position, so they didn't set up the the lights because they would set up a light here and a light here, and so in other words, you'd be able to line up on the lights to do right. the soundings. And we would usually do about two miles of beach. So that's a lot of swimming too. So anyway, <clears throat> I'm out there and it was like about 35 minutes before they did anything. And I thought, oh man, I got off the line. I can't see the lights. I could be here for the rest of whatever, you know, this could be the end. And I'm talking, I'm, I'm trying to stay calm. I'm saying, okay, God, if we got to get into a good agreement here because <laughs> this this one is you know this is not a joke <laughs> and uh i'm thinking well, how am i going to survive in the jungle and one night the insects can eat you alive i mean it's it's that bad wow <laughs> <laughs> and the insects eat meat i mean <laughs> they're not like regular insects so anyway we did that but uh, i'll move on to the next story so okay. So then I, I <clears throat> after I, I, I volunteered for the SEAL team, okay, so I didn't went through all that training, and, I, and I, was, I always stayed physically fit because I was into it. And it wasn't a real popular thing to be physically fit 50 years ago. Right. You know, you were considered a radical. <laughs> Nowadays, if you don't exercise, they think there's something wrong with you. So right. whenever you're the first, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> So um, I went through all of that, and um, the day before graduation, an officer called me into the into his office. He said, "You know, I saluted him. I said, sir, um, yes, sir. He said, Lapari, you've been rejected for the Navy SEALs. 
So I did a salute, did an about face and left. And I thought, wow, no explanation, no anything. Okay. Like I said, I was very physically fit. I didn't drink. I didn't smoke. I didn't, I didn't do crazy stuff. Okay. Um, so I thought, well, I don't know what happened. So the next day they graduate. And then two days later, they go to Vietnam and they were immediately ambushed. Everybody on the team, there was about 50 guys that I trained with. Everybody died but two. Wow. Everybody but two guys died. And I'm thinking to myself, wow. I didn't know what to think. So I, I waited about six months and I, I knew the officer, one of the officers that, that lived. <clears throat> and he was my height. He was about five foot ten. 225 pounds, shaped like a V, okay? Big burly guy. 225 is a pretty good hefty weight. So <clears throat> I walked past the room and I look in and I couldn't walk in when I saw what I saw. The guy looked like he weighed about 110 pounds and it looked like an ax murderer had recently visited the room after six wow. months, after six months. Oh, wow. Oh my God. I, I, I didn't know what to think. I, I was like, I, I was shocked. I was literally in shock about it because it was so devastating to me. And I thought, okay, God, what's going on here? Well, just to, to give you an update a year later, one year later, now this guy, he had a metal plate in his head. He, he wasn't supposed to walk or chew gum or do anything again. And I, I hear, I, I see him on the street and he's walking on the Canadian crutches, the ones that, you know, they grab you up here at the arm. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I'm thinking, wow, he's walking. I mean, holy cow. And then on top of that, the girl he was engaged to before this all happened to was on his arm. And I thought, I started to cry because for me in my lifetime, I had a rough childhood and a lot of different things. And I never saw love at that level where, you know, a woman would stick with somebody that was a vegetable, literally, and help him to recover and come back. And that's what was happening with this guy. And it gave me hope for the future. Definitely. Yes. I mean, that really gave me hope for the future. And I thought, wow, you know, there are some good things in life. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So... I just I went to college because I I didn't I wasn't going to stay I couldn't stay in the military for twenty years unless I learned how to drink alcohol tobacco and firearms okay and I I just couldn't learn how to smoke and I couldn't learn how to drink <laughs> I couldn't do it I, I just didn't have it in me and so anyway I got into college and um, I didn't know what I wanted to be I just went to college and figured out I'll figure it out on the way. And I ended up meeting a chiropractor and um, he worked on my back and I, I couldn't believe how much relief I got. It was like, it was amazing because I was so used to sucking it up and sucking it up and sucking it up and, you know, and uh, I didn't even know I had PTSD. For a while. And, um, and then 
I was very, very blessed because I have an ability to touch things and I can feel the frequency of it. So that's how I heal people. I, I think it's called the gift of healing, you know, where you just touch somebody, you touch them, uh, you feel the frequency on it, and then you can follow it to wherever it takes you and then set it and recheck it. And then it's done. They're healed. Yeah. And that's how I, I've been able to uh, recover from all the injuries that I had. Um, and uh, <clears throat> I helped, I helped Lois a lot too, because she had a lot of injuries. And so um, that's how I, I do things now, but I don't fit into my profession because that's not the, the normal way to heal people. If you get what I'm saying, it's right. um, so I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I'm, I'm hoping that I can live long enough that I can actually wait for things to change right. so that I can actually teach it at the level that it should be taught because it's, it's really a spiritual science. And I think of it as the science of resurrection. Okay. It's the science that Jesus was teaching 2000 years ago, but he taught it at a higher level than I know it now, but still it was what he was doing. And that's why they called him a great teacher because he taught things that nobody knew. <laughs> right. He taught the unknown. <laughs> yeah, he taught the unknown. Um, the science of resurrection. So that's what I'm doing now. And uh, I figure when I'm like 125 or something like that, <laughs> I'll get noticed. You know, <laughs> that's when you get noticed. You don't get noticed when you're just doing what everybody else is doing. Right. So that's where we are. But if you got any other questions, I'll kind of open it up a little bit. That's awesome right there. Uh, when you're talking about Hell Week, uh, I know most listeners when uh, that weren't in the Navy or SEAL teams, the only the very visions they have of Hell Week are from either like movies like Lone Survivor or American Sniper when they show them on the beach and they're spraying them with the water and then right. they uh, oorah, oorah, Mass Chief running out there into the water. Yeah. And log. And well, there's, there's a lot of, um, I'm going to say, um, legalized brainwashing going on there. Right. Because <laughs> what they're doing is they're trying to find people psychologically that they can tell them to do something that nobody else would ever do if they were normal. If you get what I'm saying. It, right. Um, you run into something that nobody else would do. And because you're so confident, you can actually do it. That's, that's the deal. Um, you may have to, you know, lick your wounds later, but. Over again, like I said, I would get two PhDs. I'm serious. It would yeah. it would be that that level of difficulty. Okay, so you know a lot of people realize how, how much le trouble it takes to get one PhD. Never <laughs> and, mind two. <laughs> yeah, never mind two. Yeah, and the pain involved. So. Oh yeah, the pain. I mean, well, you know, you have to um to get to get a like a PhD, you have to adapt to the instructors. Not, you get what I'm saying. And when you're yes. in the military, you have to adapt to the military instructors if you want to be a success at that, at that level. So there we are. <laughs> I'm going through that right now, going towards my PhD, adapting to each professor. So you go. understand. Yeah. You understand what I'm talking about now. As, double as, it. Now, yeah, double. As I go before them, I have to change everything up every semester to, to that new professor. So 
Exactly. It's a fun and game, I, I call it. <laughs> it is. A, it is a game. It's 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 a it's a fraternity. It's like a fraternity hazing. <laughs> that doesn't um, stop. <laughs> exactly. So maybe this will help give you a little more strength to get through the thing because you know you know the game. It is a game. Definitely is. So from your time in uh, UDT, uh, UT, UDT 11, uh, have you stayed in touch with any of the guys you served with there or have you gone to like any of the reunions or to the museum? And uh, I think uh, I didn't go to the museum or anything. I've heard good things about it. I, I would like to do it. In fact, um, I don't even know if there's still a SEAL Team 1 since the whole thing was wiped out when I was there. So maybe there isn't a SEAL Team 1 or maybe there is again, but I don't know. All I know is it was it was a devastating thing, and I'd like to see what the history books have to say. Now, you know, my personal experience with the war was, you know, um, friendly fire was about one-third of the action there, okay, from my experience. I don't know about the other guys, but, <clears throat> I mean, we went on one mission one time where we had a guy that had the seniority, you know, he had the rank and the seniority, but he wasn't a good leader. And none of us trusted him to go to go into a dangerous situation. So the whole group got together and we, just, we said, look, we went to the commanding officer and we said, look, we don't think this guy's going to come back. <laughs> Do you think you could put somebody else in charge? Oh, wow. I mean, that's, that's how, how ineffective he was. So, you know, so we were very kind to that guy because, you know, he could have been just another casualty, if you know what I'm talking about. That's, and we, we were, we're not killers like that, but you get the idea that we're saying, look, we don't trust this guy. This is a dangerous mission. Change it. Right. Change it before it gets changed. Yeah. Change it before we change it. <laughs> and, and there's plenty of stories of that happening, uh, especially amongst the green suitors that were over there and Marines in the Army. A lot yep. of young, young lieutenants wound up not being with us anymore. Young oh, yeah, like they used to tell us that it was 15, 20 minutes. Right. Gone. I mean, that's pretty fast. It's insanely um, fast. <laughs> I mean, that. I mean, they, well, you learn how to size somebody up pretty quick uh, when you're scared. Um, so anyway. Especially since once you guys had some experience going out on missions and then you get this new new person to come in that wasn't with you, didn't train with you, and all of a sudden they're there with you. You already automatically know you by the look in their eyes: are they going to make it or not? And yeah, you're, well, you're, you're the crusty guys that say, "Hey, this guy ain't going to make it. It's no way." Yeah, well, you probably heard a couple of these stories anyway, but in the past, I'm sure there's been a couple. Definitely. But, <laughs> yeah. So um, that was that. So I'm trying to think of other things I can tell you. Um, I mean, even in the near chiropractor business, I know the chiropractor uh, career path, the the actions done by chiropractors have changed uh, tremendously since the, from the 70s to now. Uh, mm -hmm. What's the biggest advancement you've seen in chiropractic care? Out of medical science, okay? This... A true chiropractor does not treat the symptom, okay? If you put ice on it and you bandage it and all that stuff, those are treatments, okay? If you give a drug, that's a treatment, okay? And they tell you, they use that language in the medical field. 
a, a true chiropractor the way that Jesus would have trained him, okay? I'm going to say it like that. And the first chiropractor was a very spiritual man. He went into another dimension, met a guy who had died 50 years earlier trying to teach some of this knowledge. And then he revealed it to this other fella. And this guy was, Daniel Palmer was a really unique person. He was about five, five foot four, super, super, super intelligent gentleman. If you ever study handwriting analysis and you see his signature, you, you have never seen a signature that organized. He was a, a brilliant, brilliant man. The first adjustment that he gave, he used a thing called nerve tracing, which means if I have a symptom here, I can follow that all the way up to, let's say, in the neck, okay? Or I can follow it into the back, and it'll be accurate. And then I adjust it, and when I make the adjustment, you go back, and it's done. The only time you have to do it multiple times is if it's been uh, the growth pattern has been changed for maybe 40, 40 years and the bone is not the same shape anymore. Then you set it, they get a lot of relief, and then the, the growth pattern goes back to the original design in the light body. Okay. And that's how that works. Wow. Um, so there's probably some vets out there hearing this thing and going, wow, maybe I could use some of that. Um, I'm available to you guys, and uh, you know I love you. I mean, I know what you've been through, and nobody can talk to a vet better than a vet. Exactly. There just isn't. I, I mean, I didn't even fit in with that group, but I. You hear what I'm saying? I mean, oh, and I went back. The thing when I went back and talked to that officer again, and I said, I said, why did I get rejected from the SEAL teams? And he said, Lapari. You're a loner. And I didn't know what he meant. I thought he meant because I didn't drink and I didn't drink and money. But no, he said, no, it's called the SEAL teams. You're not a team player. You don't fit in with the group. I said, I can live with that. <laughs> and you did. And I did, and that right. and I did live, and I lived because of it. Um, <clears throat> but you know, you do things when you're 18, 19 years old that you wouldn't do otherwise. Right? Yeah. Once you can think about it, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You don't. You don't have time to think about it, and plus, you're trying to. I. You're trying to get some kind of an identity as a manhood and all that other stuff. Right. Um, so, you know, the hormones get in the way some of the time um, testosterone hormones get in the way <laughs> they, they really do and i i had i had my fair share of it <laughs> so um, definitely did and uh i thank you for all you went through and uh what you learned from it and how you can teach yeah. others now that's, that's oh the, and you know i i had some brain trauma also um i i was on a ladder about 17 feet up and it was on top of a, a a rectangular container, okay, that was about four feet high, and I was on a leaning, leaning, leaning this way, and the ladder went down, and 
I went with it and I, I had been meditating and trying to figure out a way not to go into shock because I'd been reading some articles about, you know, shock is the thing that um, I'm going to say reptiles and frogs and things like that that can regenerate. They don't have, they don't go into shock. That's why they can regenerate a limb or a tail. Um, and it, it comes back. And I thought, well, hell, I'm falling. So I decided I would just totally surrender to it. And I fell. I mean, man, I hit. <clears throat> I broke I broke this forearm on the ladder rung because it was there. This arm was kind of behind it, and it hit the ground real hard. My head hit like this on the concrete. Okay, give it solid concrete. The guy that watched me fall, he said he couldn't believe that I was still conscious. Wow. <laughs> I hit that hard. Um, I was messed up for a long time. And I, I had to learn how to adjust with my elbows because I couldn't do it with my, my arms because everything, you know, this, this bone was broken and I didn't even get it. I could, I could move it like this and hear it crunching. And I went, okay. So I built a neoprene thing on it and I just kept going. I, I'm still in the, I'm still a Navy SEAL. Okay. You get what <laughs> I mean? um, so <clears throat> now I've healed through all those injuries um, the head trauma, I didn't realize I fractured my skull for the first two years. Wow. Literally fractured my skull. Literally. I, you could feel, you could feel it. And, uh, so <clears throat> this is why I say this is the, the science is the science of resurrection, because if you have the correct knowledge and know how to apply it, everything heals, everything everything and that's just the way it is wow it is i know it, it's it's something you don't get to hear every day but um if you see it demonstrated you you just have to stand there and and go into awe from it because it's like wow wow how did how do you do that um so um i mean for a while there i worked for two and a half years straight every day Monday, all the way through, for two and a half years continuously, I worked about a nine-hour day, okay? I had, um, I would average 60 new patients a month. Wow. Because the results I was getting were that good. But this was back at a time when a lot of the doctors were, were disappearing, that were doing a lot of good work. <laughs> so I... <clears throat> One day I woke up and I said, I'm going to have a near-death experience. <laughs> and I, I doubled my fees because it was faster than I could get rid of people faster that way than I could telling them that I can't see them. I'm, I'm working too hard. You know, I need I need a rest. And because uh, by the time I talked to him for five minutes, I could have already fixed them. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's how I did it. Um, um, I'm trying to think what else. Well, you just helped heal the brain injury. Oh, I had to heal this brain injury. I mean, I mean, this thing, this was a big one. I mean, I lost my balance. Uh, I had a lot of problems. I had a lot of problems. I'm sure. I didn't. Just, just, but, just you described the fall. I can, I can feel it. <laughs> oh my God. It was, it was a real fall. I mean, it was amazing. Um, Oh, and, and Lois, you know, she had a bunch of brain traumas, too, because she was severely abused as a child. I mean, 
they used to bounce her on her head and all kinds of stuff when she was a baby and it was just horrible wow. she she had a sister that was like you know a demon <laughs> yeah and so the thing about it is is that <clears throat> as time goes on this if what I'm seeing now is that the chiropractors are not moving towards chiropractic. They're moving towards medicine. Okay. Right. And there's, there's the dilemma. That's the real dilemma. Back in the ancient times, back in the ancient Egypt, they did a thing that looked like chiropractic and only the priesthood was allowed to perform it. In other words, the public never got involved in any of it. So the knowledge never dissipated. And that's how they were able to keep it alive for the longest period of time. The moment you bring this into broad daylight, it goes down to the lowest common denominator, which is mediocrity. Right. <laughs> and that's it. And then it changes. And here in this town alone, we have probably over 20 different chiropractic offices just in this town. And we're not the big town here. I got injured by 45 chiropractors in a row. Oh, wow. I had to stop going. And I trained Lois how to do this. I The first thing I did, I took her to the pool hall. And I said, Lois, in order to understand vectors, you know, accuracy and, and moving things, I'm taking you to the pool hall. And that's what we did. Nice. And she, she began to learn how to play pool. And, and then once you understand the vectors on those things, then you can realign things. And on top of that, you have to have a gift to do this. It's not something where you just walk off the street and, and you're going to do it. You know, even Jesus picked all of his disciples. He did not just go, hey, you, George, over there, come on over here. <laughs> he, he picked out people that he thought would have a talent to do the thing that is required. And that's what it is. And uh, I, 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 I taught in a chiropractic college and they actually fired me because I scared them. I scared them a lot. <laughs> I, I, went to a, I went to my chiropractic college that I graduated from because I was a very good student. And when I went there, I said, look, send me somebody that you know that I can't heal. Just what somebody send me something that you just know I can't fix it. And so they sent me a kid, a student that was a diabetic, and he had an insulin pump on, on his hip 24-7. And that's how bad it was. And he his his knee joints were so locked up that he could only squat about 15 degrees. That's not a squat. No. <laughs> so I'm in there working on it. And I had invented a table that dropped in three stages. It would drop one stage, second stage, third stage. And so the first one takes it from zero to, let's say, 100. The next one takes it from 100 to, let's say, 300. And then the next drop takes it from 300 to, let's say, 1,000. Because oh, it's wow. okay. So you can change gravity waves. You, you can literally move it in space without a doubt. And so I'm working on this guy um, and I'm telling him the chiropractic got lost and all this other stuff. And, and it's so funny because the guy got up off the table. I said, would you try to do a squat now? He squatted all the way down to the floor and came back up again. Okay. 
the one doctor there who was really into no trauma, touchy little touchy things they do. He looked at me like like if Superman had X-ray vision and he had it, I would have been a puff of smoke because Uh-oh. I blew his mind so much he couldn't handle it. And I, I was going to move to the was going to move back to that area and teach, and they kept delaying letting me go back to the school and i said well i'll just set up my table i'll just set up my table and adjust people for free and they said we'll have you arrested that gives you an idea that that gives you an idea of what what we're dealing with here (laughs) so i got really i that's one of the few times i really got angry but it was the right kind of anger it wasn't like a horrible anger it was like how could you guys be so criminally minded (laughs) right you know that that's what it really was. Uh, they were <clears throat> so anyway. Joe, you've had an amazing journey. Uh, thank you for your service in Vietnam and everything you've done after. You've tried to change mindset of of how chiropractic uh, care should yeah, be. Yeah. Hopefully, like like you said, it doesn't take. Hope it doesn't take to so you might have been one hundred twenty five for people to catch on to that. And uh, hopefully, well, you- I, who know, who knows what it takes? But I'm going to believe for longevity. And I'm going to keep getting younger and younger and younger because I've, I've been doing it over the last few years because I used to look like a little old man. And when I realized that I that I could achieve it, you know, once you believe you can do something, then you actually can do it. And if you believe you can't do it, then you can't do it. Right. It's like if you want to get a Ph.D. and you don't believe you can get it, you're not going to get a Ph.D. OK, do it. You just have to go do it. You just you run after it, yeah. run after that light and take it. You, you just have to believe that you can reorganize whatever's inside of you to manifest what you need in the outer world. Exactly. And that's where we are today. Outstanding. And I send you my heart and uh, good feelings. Thank you. And Joe, you said earlier, you'd uh, any veteran who wants to reach out to you, they can reach out to you. How can they get in contact with you? I can give you the phone number, 828-550-1691. All right. I'll, I'll put that in the show notes. I'm in North Carolina in the Smoky Mountains. I'm near Asheville. Uh, North not far from here, about five hours from me right now. So Yeah, and I tell you the truth. Um, if you guys come out, I'll treat you good. I mean, I'll treat you really, really good. You won't be disappointed. And... And if it's somebody's really, you know, in poverty, I'll do them for free. Okay. That's where I'm at. I want to help people. Um, and if you really feel hopeless, there's hope. That's all I can say. And I'm available to help you with that. Awesome. Thank you, Joe. And if I get to Asheville, I would definitely look you up. And even oh. if it's just to sit down and chat. <clears throat> oh, it'll be awesome. It'll be awesome. I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate Lois for, for having you come on. And of course, her being on the show as well. Anytime you guys want to come back on, you come back on as a team next time. And uh, Oh, yeah, we could do that. We could, that, could, that would be fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm open to that. All right, we'll do that uh, sometime. We make a good team. Well, Definitely. you know, I was really blessed because Lois has the gift. Lois has a, a unique gift where if she puts her hand on you, she can see inside of your body. Wow. Okay. I feel everything, but she has the visual. They're both, they both get the same results. That's all I can say. I think that'd be a great show right there. Talking about the two of you working together like that. And yeah, it'd be fun. Up for the future. 
Yeah, I, I feel really good about this. I feel awesome. really good about this. So thanks for spending some time tonight, Joe. Uh, yeah. I look forward to our next uh, meeting with the both of you together. Okay, it's a pleasure. Awesome. We will do that. We will do that. All right, have a good night. Night, night. <laughs> thanks for checking us out and being a part of the Misfit Nation. Don't forget to visit our website at themisfitnation.com it's themisfitnation.com to catch up on all of our episodes and also to get some of that great Misfit Nation gear as always, be humble stay hungry and keep hustling because we are 